0: This message is from Living Rock Church, and we trust you'll be really equipped, envisioned, and encouraged as you listen today. Hi, and welcome to the Living Rock Church the edition podcast. Um, This is for Faye, who can't be with us today, so she asked us to record it. Everyone say hi to Faye. (laughs) <laughs> Beautiful, there you go. I'm going to put it just here and hope you pick up everything that's being said. Um, great stuff. Uh, yeah, so we're starting to look at faith together, which is obviously um, an exciting topic. Uh, and the Word of God has a lot to say about faith. And I've got to... I'm not going to apologise, but I should let you know now. I'm not going to give a kind of an introductory word on what faith is and kind of go through the different things. I'm sure that will be covered in the weeks that follow but um, I had a very specific word on my heart about faith which I wanted to bring Um, so I'm going to share about that instead Um, but one little thing just to say at the beginning Um, uh, you know when Jesus talks about faith like a mustard seed and he says if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed um, you can say to this mountain go over there and it will be moved Um, it's a bold statement And, and just it's such an incredible point that Jesus makes in that he's talking about faith the size of a mustard seed. Um, and I always thought, I was thinking about it actually just this week, if, uh, if you're going to introduce a scale on something and you're saying, if you want to do something big, you think the, the more normal thing to do is say, uh, if you want to move a mountain, you need faith the size of an oak tree. Yeah? And then if you've got faith the size of a, like a silver birch, then you can move some bricks <laughs> uh, and make a big boulder wobble or something like that. And then if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, then you can spell your own name um, and do other really basic things. But Jesus doesn't do that. He's making a point, and he's saying, yeah. if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And the point in this is that everybody has faith. Amen. Uh, if you believe that Jesus is Lord, then you have faith. So no one can say, I lack the faith to do this. This very is what we've all got. We just need to understand um, how, how we do it, how we move in faith, how we do this thing, which is um, it's a very... It's a very air that we breathe in a way. We live and breathe by faith. We live by the Holy Spirit and we believe in him. We trust in him for everything. Um, so that's what we're going to look at. And the scripture I want us to go to together is in Mark 10. you got,
1: you've got the title for
0: us today. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, receiving the kingdom as little children. I doesn't have faith in the title, I'm sorry. But uh, it's one of the things, actually. We always talk about having faith like a little child, but Jesus never actually says that directly. Yeah. Um, it's just implied from what we're talking about. And this is a scripture we're going to look at in Mark 10. Um, yeah, from verse 13. Some people were bringing little children to him so that he might touch them, but his disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. In Matthew chapter 18, he says a similar thing, but he's saying, um, if you, you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you're like a little child. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a key thing being like a little child in order to receive, to welcome the kingdom, to enter the kingdom of God and the kingdom, um, the kingdom of God is obviously everything that we want to see in our lives. It's, it's the fullness of God's plan yeah. for all earth. It's, it's restoration of families, it's restoration of bodies, it's restoration of entire towns. Um, it's prosperity, it's everything that God has for us. Uh, and even, even the Old Testament promises when God's talking about his kingdom and he's speaking to Isaiah and all these other prophets and we read about his plans for his kingdom, the future yeah. kingdom he's going to implement. And then Jesus comes one day and says, the kingdom's at hand, I'm bringing the kingdom in. That's right, yeah. And then we read, um, Paul writes to the Corinthians that every promise of God finds its yes in him yeah. Amen. so every promise God has for his kingdom is fulfilled in Jesus that's and that's right. something that's what we're working towards in our life Amen. Um, Amen. there's nothing there's no promise of God on our lives there's nothing that God is going to do that is outside of the kingdom it's okay. all to do with that yeah. therefore if the word of God tells me that I need to receive the kingdom of God like a little child I really want to know what that means
1: yeah.
0: um, I really want to understand that because that's crucial uh, and it's a crucial part of faith, even if Jesus didn't say directly, you've got to have faith like little children. This is what we're talking about. Um, and so I want to I share with you a little story, well not really a story, it's an anecdote and it's not mine, but it's something I heard someone say once, and it, it made me laugh, first of all, but there, there's so much in that about the way little children receive things, um, And it was a story uh, a guy was telling of when he was seven years old and his sister was five years old and they were playing on the top bunk of their bunk bed one Saturday morning, um, playing with his toy soldiers. And in in the heat of battle and all the fun that was going on there, he accidentally pushed his little sister um, off the side of the bunk and she landed on the floor (laughs) below on her hands and knees like this with a crash. Uh, And obviously he kind of looks over the edge, she's okay, but he's kind of panicking because he doesn't want his parents to get woken up, he doesn't want to get in trouble. Um, and his sister is just going through this kind of—you know—when children are like assessing <laughs> internally what's going on, checking if there's any damage, seeing how loudly they need to cry. And she's kind of going through this process. And he leans over and he says, "Amy, wait! Don't cry. Look how you landed on your on your hands and knees like that. Amy, people don't land like that. I think that maybe you're a unicorn." <laughs> <laughs> which was a calculated choice of word because uh, his little sister Amy wanted more than anything else to be a unicorn at that time. That's what she was in love with. She loved unicorns. And he said this to her, maybe you're a unicorn. And then what happened after that is that she kind of paused a little while longer and then just kind of bounced back up on the top bunk again. And she was fine. Because, um, you know, she discovered that she may be a unicorn and that was enough to kind of nullify the pain for the time being. Um, it, it's it's an incredible thing, and I mean, it's a funny story. It's a silly story, and, and kids do this kind of stuff all the time. You can say things to them, and they'll just believe it. Um, but it says a lot about. <laughs> that's not that's not it's like that. Don't like, a, yeah. like Try this. Try,
1: this. <laughs> try it when you go home.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Don't don't please don't. Um, they they just take it and they receive it as it is. Yeah, that's right. um, and I just love the fact that she, you know, she was on the floor there. She was obviously in pain. And her brother says to her, maybe you're a unicorn. And, and that she might actually stop and think, oh, that's a valid point. I hadn't considered that before. Maybe I am a unicorn. You know, I've not learned anything that says I'm not a unicorn. Therefore, maybe I'm a unicorn. That The child will actually kind of entertain that um, and take it on board. And it's because I think... Little children um, recognise that they don't know a great deal about the world that they're in. Yeah. They know that they're learning all the time. And there's a kind of humility in this where, you know, if, they, if someone else says something to them, they will take it on board because they know they don't know everything. Yeah. They're learning as they go along. Um, and so they'll receive the silly things. And obviously this is the ugly side of, you know, believing everything that you're told and that people can lead you astray. What I'm talking about receiving words in this way, I'm talking about receiving the word of God, yeah. uh, very specifically, not just what anyone has to say. Um, but I love that, and I just, I, I can't remember being that age myself, but to me it seems like, to be a little child, and why they just seem to have so much fun in what they're doing, it's like, it's like they know they're new to the world, they know they're learning, and, and before them they just recognize that they've got this, this, this expanding world before them and it's full of limitless possibilities that's right. because they just—they don't know what the boundaries are they don't know what is and isn't real, they don't know what can and can't be done so they're trying out everything they're testing everything because anything is possible um, and, and they pick that up very quickly and then they just go around and they explore and they experiment and they ask questions and everywhere yeah. they go they're trying to figure out this new world that they're in and that's a beautiful thing uh, that's the way God made us to kind of adapt to this new environment. Because obviously, you know, first of all, you're born and everything's bright and scary for a little while. But then, you know, soon they get into the swing of things and they just enjoy life and children run around and laugh and play. And they're just having a great time discovering this world. Um, it's, it's an incredible thing. And it's like... Okay. In the 90s... Um, growing up in church uh, I remember there was a while when everyone was saying um, not just I'm a Christian but I'm a born again Christian and we still use that we still say that now um, born again Christian and I think at the time it was kind of to differentiate someone who has a real relationship with Jesus from people who just kind of attended church uh, and so I remember you know m- when my brother was doing this the go team this outreach evangelism thing and he's telling people he was a born again Christian and they'd ask what's that um, and that's just what the word has become to me. And we use it, and we talk about being born again. But sometimes I think I, I can use the term so much that I just, the significance of it kind of gets lost on me. Because it's one of the most, I can't say that. There are so many profound statements in the word of God. But, but it's up there. Yeah. Being born again.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, if you were to list the most significant moments in your life, um, before you met Jesus even, and you were to kind of list... The most significant things that happened to you, you probably wouldn't mention being born. Uh, but I guarantee you that without being born, you wouldn't have been able to do any of the yeah. other things at all. it is probably the defining moment of your life. was yeah. yeah. so that you came out of the womb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that, That's an important step to take um, into the brave new world. Um, and, and then you're born, and then you know, as, as, a, as a young child, like I said, you're kind of discovering the new world, and you're like this intrepid explorer, and you're standing on the frontiers, and you, you're going forth. And everything that follows that is because you're, Born, it's, it's an incredibly significant time in our natural lives. Um, when Jesus talks about this, when he talks with Nicodemus in John chapter three, and he says that you have to be born again,
1: yeah.
0: born of water and the Spirit, to enter the kingdom of God or to see the kingdom of God, it's an incredible statement because it's just as significant. When we are born again, it is just as significant as being born in the first yeah, place. It's not just, well, this is a kind of way of looking at it. It's a little picture. You have second birth. You're a new creation. Yeah, good. Uh, it's an entirely new world, a new yeah, kingdom right. that we're coming into. And this is the point that I'm trying to make. We're coming into this, this, this new world, this expanding kingdom before us. And, and we're standing on the frontiers of it. And we don't, we don't know a lot because everything we knew about the old life it's gone and forgotten in a way. It's not, yeah. it's not relevant to this new world. I mean, you still need to eat and wash yourself and things like that. But, you know, all, all, all that you thought you understood about the life that we had is gone because you're exploring this new world. We're exploring yeah, okay. this new world together. And we've got to go in with this humility to just say, I don't know everything. I'm learning here. Yeah, okay. I'm learning here. Again, with, with natural birth, there's this thing where the child is coming in the womb. They're in a kind of a slumber, in a way. Everything's kind of dark and hazy, and they're just... They're drifting through life. They don't have to do a whole lot. But then they come out into the world, and they're awake, rudely awakened. And um, they're, they're taking in their new environment and everything. And it's the same with us. God wakes us up out of this slumber. He brings us, in, us into something new. Um, there's... A scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to read it from the J.B. Phillips. Matthew Ling, who leads the church in Coventry, read this translation for this passage, and it's fantastic, so I'm going to read it to you as well. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Um, I don't know what verse, because the J.B. Phillips doesn't give exact scriptures. We'll see. It's about the middle of it, the middle of the chapter. Um, okay, I'll just start from here. Accept, as I do, all the hardship that faithfulness to the gospel entails, in the strength that God gives you. For He has rescued us all from from all that is really evil and called us to a life of holiness, not because of any of our achievements, but for His own purpose. Before time began, He planned to give us in Christ the grace to achieve this purpose, but it's only since our Saviour Christ Jesus has been revealed that the method has become apparent. For Christ has completely abolished death and has now, through the gospel, opened to us men the shining possibilities of the life that is eternal. It is this gospel that I'm commissioned to proclaim. It is of this gospel uh, that I'm appointed both messenger and teacher, and it is for this gospel that I am now suffering these things. Yet I'm not in the least ashamed, for I know the one in whom I've placed my confidence and I am perfectly certain that the work he has committed to me is safe in his hands until that day I calls it the shining possibilities of this yeah. life yeah. Um, I don't know what other translations say actually what did anyone catch hold of I can look at my other one has anyone got alternative translations for that Be helpful if I could tell you the verse, but holy life. life. Don't worry, it doesn't matter. Shining possibilities of this new life. Um. Amen. Amen. So what this means is, when we turn to the Word of God. Um, or when we hear the word of God however he speaks to us is that we receive it in this way we receive it like a little child Um, we receive it in the way that says I don't know everything yet I'm not an expert on life I'm learning, I'm growing but I'll take what you say and I'll get excited about it because anything is possible I don't know what the limits are I can't say this can be done and this can't be done unless God says it That's what I'm living by. This is, this is the kind of faith. This is what it is to receive the kingdom like little children. We just have to say, Lord, whatever you say is the absolute truth about this reality. Um, that's an incredible challenge, but it's an incredibly exciting thing. Um, and again, I, I'm sure this is why children have so much fun in life is because they're discovering the whole time. They're learning things. They're figuring yeah. things out. And it's the same for us. Wherever we go, whether we're young or old in the faith, we're we're learning what God is doing in this world. We're taking what he's saying about it and saying, yes, I believe that. That's truth. He's never going to say you're a unicorn, but he's going to say some pretty outrageous (laughs) things sometimes that we just have to say, yes, Lord, I don't know any better than to just trust you and obey what you say. Um, It's an incredible thing. It makes me think of, um, I was in the Philippines for a while and um, met some people there who uh, had worked in China back in the days of smuggling Bibles across. So in the communist regime, they had to smuggle Bibles across from Hong Kong. And so you had like Western people helping on one side and the Chinese people would just kind of take as many suitcases as they could fill and and get them across and give them to the churches there. But obviously it's not a particularly efficient way of getting Bibles into the country. Um, So uh, this is a story I was told the first time, uh, to my knowledge... Uh, and to this person 's knowledge that Bibles were ever printed inside of China was when um, there was a Western man and a Chinese man who had a ponytail that 's all I know about him. Um, but they, they decided, or they believed that God had told them to print Bibles inside of China. Um, so they went around, they went to all the different publishing houses in their region, asking them if they would print this book and they'd say, "Oh yeah, we 'll print a book." And then they take a look at it, and it 's the Bible, and they say, "Well actually no. You know, we don't want to get thrown in prison or anything like that. Um, so they went around all the publishing houses. Nobody would do it. And the Western guy said to the Chinese guy, um, well, you know, we've, we've tried, uh, and we couldn't do it. So maybe we didn't hear God in the end. But the Chinese man said, um, if we don't try everything that's possible, how can we say that it's impossible? And he had in mind one place that was left to go, and that was a Communist Party printing press for that region. <laughs> so they went to the Communist Party printing press, where they were, um, and they spoke to the guy and said, we'd like you to print this book, and he said, yeah, we can do that. Showed him the book, and he starts reading the Bible. Uh, and the man who ran the printing press, he's reading through it, and he says, oh, this, this book talks about Abraham, um, and that you're sons of Abraham. I'm also a son of Abraham. He was a Muslim. And he said, if you're a son of Abraham, and I'm a son of Abraham, we must be brothers, Therefore, I'll print it for you. So he agreed to print the Bible in the Communist Party printing press. Um, so they printed I, thousands of these things. Um, and then the, the Chinese guy, he had a friend uh, who had been in school with who was now very high up in the military there. And he said, look, um, we need to transport some books from the party printing press. Um, it's really top secret, though, so none of the men can look at it or anything like that. Um, so the guy said, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And he agreed to come, and they transported all these books boxed up, So nobody looked at them, nobody knew what they were, transported them all to the airport. Um, from the airport then, they flew them out to the different regions where they had people like, uh, I know Brother Yun, the heavenly man, if you've ever read his book, was one of the people waiting there in the bushes at this other airport to come out and grab all the Bibles which they were transporting. Um, and and when they got the crates and were unloading off, off the plane, the, the Western guy uh, almost had a heart attack because he looked at the boxes, and what was written on them in big red letters in Chinese was Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he said, how did this happen? And the Chinese guy said, I just wanted to know if God was really with us. So he wrote it on the side.
1: <laughs> 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 um,
0: and there are, there are loads of stories like this, and you'll find them from all over, in the, you know, all over the world as well. Stories of incredible faith. But faith where, where, in situations where you and I would look at it and say, well, that's just reckless, really. That's not wise. Come on, you've got to be wise now. And I'm not, I'm not ruling out wisdom, but they heard from God to do this, and so they did it, and God blessed them in it. Because God said it was possible, and they didn't say, well, I know you say that, Lord, but there's also this and all my expertise. Because I'm, I've been around the world a while now, and I know a lot, God, so let me help you in this, uh, you know. I receive your word, but maybe we'll do it some other different way. They just said, this is what God is saying to us. Let's do it. And they did it. Tons of stories like this. And I'm sure we've all heard them from countries all over the world. Anything is possible with God. Anything's possible. Um, When we talk about having faith like little children, uh, which again, is not something that Jesus said, but it's a, a phrase we kind of know. Um, I think that the standard way we explain that is to say um, children receive things without questioning. Um, yes. well, that's, and, and that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to expand on that a bit because I, I was thinking about this as well. Um, children ask an awful lot of questions. Yes. Uh, you, you, notice, yeah. you agree? Yeah. <laughs> they ask an incredible number of questions. Um, the average four-year-old British girl asks 390 questions of her poor beleaguered mother every day?
1: <laughs>
0: Why? Exactly, yeah.
1: 390
0: questions a day. And the boys are not too far behind. But apparently girls ask more than boys. I don't know, make of that what you will. Um, uh, but 390 questions every day. Um, I think when we say that children will see things without questioning, we mean that uh, they don't have a questioning spirit. That is, they're not saying, they're not doubting. They're not yeah. challenging it. But they do ask questions. And when they're exploring their new world, they're asking questions all the time. And as children are again growing, it starts off, uh, when they start to develop the, the ability to speak, they're asking very factual, concrete questions like, what's this called? What's yes. this? Et cetera, et cetera, They're kind of learning the building blocks of the world around them. Um, but when, by the time they've reached five, their questions are almost entirely, Why? They're their questions demanding explanations because they're exploring. They want to understand why things are the way they are. They ask an incredible number of questions. Um, and that's, that's the same for us. When we, when we hear the word of God, we're not to have a questioning spirit. We're not to doubt. We're not to challenge it. But we are to ask questions like, if this is true, then what does this mean? If what God says in this scripture is true, what does it mean for my life now? Yeah. If God's plan is to prosper us and not to harm us, what does this mean for the very situation I'm in now? We're exploring, we're discovering, we're experimenting. Yeah, we're good. saying, I believe God says this, therefore I'm going to go in faith and move like that's the case. Very good.
1: Um, very
0: good. It's the same for us. We need to explore and experiment. Mm. We, can I say
1: something? Please do. Yeah. Um, and before... Toby got up, I almost said this, but I didn't, and um, I know why you're talking about children. I, 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 as we came in, it was raining, and it was, I don't know if you came when it was chucking it down. And I ran in with, with Malachi, and I looked behind, and there was Lily jumping in the puddle. I was like, come on, you're going to get soaked. And I brought her in, and, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to you need to capture that. And I brought her in, and as we started worship, she always has her, her tea, and she was eating tea. And I turned around, and she had her... Um, her, her uh, cucumber in the form of a sandwich with raisins in the middle. I've never seen her do that. <laughs> and she was eating it. And I was saying, that's bizarre. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to capture that. So I took on board. And then a little bit later in worship, I turned around, and she had a little pot, and I've never seen her do this before, but she started playing on it like a drum to the music. <laughs> uh, okay, God, you're trying to say something. And I felt like the Holy Spirit say that she sees the world in a totally different way than you do. Hmm. And you need to understand that to explore something new, to experience something new, you need to step out like a child Mm. and do something new. And And as Toby was speaking, I thought, okay, that's why I captured it. (laughs) And the shining possibilities he's talking Mm. about and what he's talking about is very key for us. So just as he continues to speak, no, like Lily, where we could all look at the rain and think, oh, that's rubbish. In my heart, I was thinking this weather is horrible she saw something totally different yeah, very good. Very good. she very saw good. a cucumber and raisins as something totally different <laughs> she saw a pot as something totally different yeah. Yeah. and as Toby speaks I believe that God's going to show us what we have in our hands that he's already given us mm. and he's going to show us that what we see he's going to show us something different, totally different to what we've been seeing because yes. okay? he's given us all that we need for life and godliness yeah. Yeah. and if we take a step of faith then it's going to change our mind, renew our mind and bring us into a shining possibility. Yeah. So, amen.
0: Excellent. Amen. Amen. Um, that's good. I mean, I've not got much more to say, to be honest, but I wanted us to get very practical with it towards the end, so we will we'll definitely do that. Um, just to give us time at the end to really think about what God is saying to us and what we're going to do with that word. Um, but just just to finish my thought on this, on exploring and experimenting, um, I don't normally go for alliterations in preaching and stuff, but I've got another X. So like children go from being explorers uh, and experimenters and eventually somehow, um, it's kind of a tragedy, they become experts instead. Um, A good quote I heard is that an expert is someone who stopped thinking because they already know everything. Um, Children get to the point where they don't ask as many questions, they don't ask the same kinds of questions. I think maybe part of that is that they want to mature, they want to grow up. And obviously grown-ups know the answer to everything. So I'll pretend like I know the answer to everything as well. Maybe, I don't know. But there's something happens in us as we grow up where, where we don't ask questions the same way anymore. <laughs> You're right, Babs. <laughs> um, to think of me, when I was uh, 16 years old, Well, I was just approaching my 16th birthday, I was a few days away, and I was in the car with my uh, sister-in-law, who was in her early 20s. My brother had had gone out somewhere. Uh, We were just sitting in the car, and she asked how old I was going to be when I reached my birthday in a couple of days' time, and I said 16. And she laughed and said, I remember when I was 16, I thought I knew everything. And I laughed as well. But in my head, I literally thought, yeah, but I do know everything. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not an exaggeration. I really thought that I knew everything. And it wasn't that I thought, I know every fact. I've discovered everything. But I thought, I know what life's all about. I've got it sussed. I know what we need to do. I know you know, I know how to change this country. I know everything. I had it all figured out at 16. Um, I was very hard to teach at that age. Because in my own mind, I was an expert. And I didn't receive anything else that anybody had to say. I was unteachable, to be honest. I could learn the facts. I still went through school and, you know, absorbed all that information. But I wasn't learning anything with regards to life, if that makes sense. Um, In my mind, I was an expert. Um, Paul says, when he's writing to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. from verse 18. No one should deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks he is wise in this age, he must become foolish so that he can become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, since it's written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the reasonings of the wise, that they are futile. So no one should boast in men, for all things are yours. If anyone considers themselves wise in the things of this age, they need to become a fool so that they can become wise. I think that's Paul echoing the sentiment here of being like little children. If you consider yourself wise uh, in this world, in, in the old life, in the things of this age, become a fool so that we can receive God's wisdom um, and receive it eagerly as well. The Bereans... Uh, you've ever you know, heard someone say, be like the Bereans, Acts chapter 17. Uh, people that I think Paul and Silas go to. Oh, I'll flick to it now. Um, Paul and Silas go to them, and they're a great example for us. Yeah, um, and we always say it's because they search the scriptures, and they do do that, but they do something else before as well. Um Yeah, can you read it please, Chris, yeah. that passage?
1: Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. But they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, well, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek
0: men. Fantastic. Thank you. That's Acts 17.11. Um, they searched scriptures to see if these things were true, but before that, they received it. They received the word with great eagerness. Yep. They received it, I'd like to think, like little children. Yeah. And then because of that, yeah. they searched the scriptures and they started asking questions. Is this true? They started wanting to apply what they'd learned, what Paul had taught them, the gospel. They wanted to know what to do with this gospel. It's great, the great question um, in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost when, um, yeah. you know, the Holy Spirit's poured out and they're speaking in tongues and then Peter stands up uh, with the other apostles and he, he basically shares the gospel. He tells them the life of Jesus. Yeah. And the people that are there, the three thousand, ask him a question. They say, "What must we do?" Yeah,
1: good.
0: They've yeah. received the gospel. They received the word of God, and they said, "What do we have to do if yeah. this is true? What changes do I need to make in my own life?" Yeah,
1: that's good.
0: Asking the right kinds of questions. Yeah. Um, praise God. Okay. That that's that's a nutshell of of, of what I wanted to. In a nutshell,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: mixing metaphors. <Yeah. laughs> I'll edit that on the podcast for faith. Okay, um, that's basically what I wanted to say today. But I do want this to be very practical for us. Um, there's a reason why we put such an emphasis on the Word of God. There's a reason yeah. that when prophetic word comes, uh, either individually or to us as a group, that we don't say, "Okay, that's great. Let's move on." That we're going to keep revisiting. Um, the words brought to us as a church for this year to bloom, um, the wildflowers being added, that we're going to grow in number, all of these things, they're the word of God, and we don't just say, okay, that's nice, nod our heads, and move on, even if we've heard it second, third, fourth, fifth time. um, We receive it like little children, and we get excited about it. We have to do that. We have to change our attitude. This is to follow on from our repentance, is that we receive what God has said to us in this way. Um, And I'm thinking... um, for our own lives, for our own individual situations. Um, If God has spoken a word to us in anything that we're doing individually, we need to know what that word is and we need to make sure we're receiving it like little children, receiving it in the way that he wants us to. Um, We may have forgotten what it was because sometimes the word of God comes and we say, yeah, that's nice, and we nod our heads, but we need to go back to it because if that's what he said to our situation, that's what we need to do to change it. We need to take it on board receive it like a little child yeah. um and if you don't have the word of God for a situation that you're in then I think we need to pray uh, we need to be together here yeah. as a body and seek the word of God for this situation yeah. um and also very much what Caleb was saying before um there may be things in your hands as well is that but yeah, yeah. yeah things in our hands for this situation we need to see differently mm-hmm. um so I'm trying to think of the best way to do this um if something's coming to your mind straight away and you know you need a word of God for a situation, that would be good if, if you can let us know now and we can spend this last few minutes together just just praying and seeing that through. Um, if not, if you can remind yourself of the word of God that's come to you. And maybe, well, could you play a little bit as well? Um, or we can commit ourselves, dear, to, to hearing that word afresh. Do you know, we, we hear the word of God so many times but it's like the first time you hear it there's always this initial excitement that comes with it when you learn something new and that's fantastic but then the second time and you're like oh yeah that's good and the third time yeah and you know fifth, sixth, seventh and you end up just kind of going hmm nice um, as if the word of God has somehow dwindled in power as if it's lost some of its potency along the way but that's never the case what God says to you is just as powerful the first time as it is the hundredth time yeah, you hear it it's the word of God um, but well, let's stand together. Turn our hearts to God. If you, if you know the word he's got for you in a situation, then now's the time to say, Lord, I'm coming to this afresh. As fresh manner. I'm going to hear this word. I'm going to believe what you say. I'm coming as a little child, God. What you say is the reality. Not my own expertise, God. What you say is the truth in this situation. Um, if you're seeking a word as well, If you let the people around you know or raise your hand, we'll come and pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening today. For more information about Living Rock Church... And for more great teaching, visit www.livingrockchurch.org.uk.